This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining me as always this morning. What we're hoping for is a mistake-less, if that's a word. If it isn't, we're claiming that we've not started off with a mistake already. Um, but a mistakeless uh, show today. Yesterday's was uh, an absolute car crash, to be honest. But thank you to more than 10,000 of you that tuned in on YouTube and however many extra odd audio-only platforms as well. <laughs> Even though I'm messing it up, it's clear that you're still enjoying yourself. So thank you for that. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. PJ, Matt G, Paul, Carl. We've got uh, Temi and Blackshine and Brad and Stevie and Morgie and Red Star. Uh, we've got Stephen, Tony, Louis, Kieran, Martin, Harvey, uh, and plenty more of you guys as well. Uh, Akshat joining us as well. Welcome back, my friends. Lynn, uh, Anthony, Adrian, Martin, uh, thank you so much to everybody for tuning in as always. Always good to see some familiar and unfamiliar faces in the chat box. Um, I've got a tactic this morning. I don't usually do this, but uh, we've got the goodly morning mug. And uh, the tea is hopefully going to help me through uh, this show, game, making me more awake, shall we say, today. If you want to get your own one and help uh, Great Ormond Street Hospital, just head over to uh, the Ask Blog website. I'm sure you can still pick up uh, one by finding a route through there. I think it's over on Redbubble. You can get hold of them. So, uh, so make sure you get the real ones and not the fake ones that people are, are making. So the money does indeed go to the charitable cause. Anyway, uh, let's crack on with today's show. We start with what was a chaotic... Another chaotic day of World Cup football uh, in yesterday's games. We saw uh, Belgium initially knocked out, of course, 
Morocco topping the group and going through Croatia after a nil-nil draw in which Romelu Lukaku could not hit a barn door with a banjo. Uh, if that that's not in the right term, that's not even the right phrase, but uh, we're going to go with it. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely terrible. To be fair, I know he's not fit, but the amount of chances the guy had should have absolutely and comfortably scored. But the real uh, interesting part of the evening was, of course, the uh, resolution of Groups E and uh, seeing Germany go out, which is always good. Costa Rica, unfortunately, couldn't pull off an amazing victory, which would have actually seen Spain knocked out as well. But Japan and Tomiyasu going through to the knockout stages, an amazing accomplishment. I mean, when you consider the fact... um, and you consider the fact you've got Spain and Germany in a squad. My favourite meme, and there's been lots of memes of the evening, um, it has to be the one of the the guy, you've probably all seen this, uh, I think a guy's like, I think a guy's been stabbed, basically, and he's like, an old guy, and he kind of goes down and saying, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. And then he whips a gun out, and he's like, but not for me. <laughs> I feel like that is, that is Japan in that group. Absolutely brilliant. Ruin Spain, ruin Germany, and go through as tops uh, as top in the group, which is fantastic. Uh, Serge Gnabry, as I say, in Germany, going out despite beating Costa Rica. Uh, but obviously, the whole game was kind of undermined by a bit of uh, VAR controversy. I, I mean, I've seen the pictures of the side-on view, as I think everybody has. The ball looked like it was out of play. Now, I'm still, and I'm not sure if these pictures have been revealed yet. I'm still waiting to see. I've not really been across social media this morning to see whether or not they were, but it looked like the ball went out of play. And <laughs> if there isn't any pictures released to show that it was uh, indeed still in play, there is going to be major, major chat amongst the German FA. Uh, there was already talk of the German FA, I think, what are they potentially thinking about suing FIFA over the, uh, the rainbow armband situation? So it's only going to cause more drama and more controversy uh it was really really um really interesting apparently the picture is indeed out and it was mill- micromillimeters that it was still in so we'll have to take the words of the images that we've been given um but if germany the ones going out i can't say i particularly have too much sympathy anyway <laughs> sorry drew anyway ronaldo has backed gabriel jesus to succeed in it was a really nice kind of uh post and interview between the two he says i was chatting with him reassuring him he was really having a spectacular year at arsenal i was talking to him about how much pleasure i am getting from watching arsenal play this year uh, it's just seeing someone of that kind of caliber and you know Ronaldo is Ronaldo um talking about Gabriel Jesus as who he is he says Jesus came to have dinner with us he stayed by my side there I met his little daughter the most beautiful thing we exchanged ideas he is a very good friend of mine and we have been talking for many years he's a very special boy uh you could not get more high praise from a fellow striker if you're Brazilian than Ronaldo and uh, seeing Gabriel Jesus get this confidence boost, he, you know, he really he really needs it. I think he really needs to feel the love uh, and appreciation because he's not been really getting it from his own fans with, uh, with how the World Cup's kind of gone for him, not really been starting too many games. He's come off the bench uh, so far. He could even start uh, for Brazil in their game today. Uh, I believe it is today, is indeed. Uh, it takes place at 7 o'clock tonight, UK time, against Cameroon. I actually want Cameroon to win that game. Um, call me mad, but I kind of want Cameroon to win and for them to go through somehow. It is possible 
Um, but it's going to take a, a, a quite a bit of maths uh, for that to happen. In fact, Cameroon would need to win and Switzerland and Serbia would need to draw and Cameroon would need to win by more than one goal as well for that to happen. Uh, I know that we should be supporting Granit Xhaka, but there's just something about, I mean, Morocco have gone through, Senegal have gone through, Ghana could go through. It's great to see the African nations progressing. So there's part of me that really wants to see Cameroon also progress through the competition as well. I think that'd be an amazing achievement to see four African nations. I think it's four. We've seen two go through already. Um, well, Morocco and Senegal are both through. Um, it'd be amazing to see another one. Tunisia nearly made it as well. Uh, and that would have been unbelievable as well, seeing because considering they had Denmark and France in their group. But uh, they couldn't quite uh, end up doing it. But yeah, it'd be amazing to see another African nation go through. So fingers crossed we can see quite the turnaround of results today. I mean, let's be real. Anything can happen in this World Cup. So maybe, maybe we'll see that happen. Um, there's been leaked images, uh, courtesy of footy headlines, who are usually the place to go regarding leaked kits. Uh, and this apparently is what the Arsenal home kit for next season is going to look like. Uh, we return to the usual no-collar shirts. This time we're seeing kind of the white from the sleeves uh, bleed through into the main bulk of the kit. There doesn't look to be any kind of uh, special uh, patterning. The only special patterning that we potentially could see is kind of this diagonal uh, lining in the chest area of the shirt. That's the only real pattern effect that I can see on the kit. Unless it goes across the whole thing, I can't really tell from the images. And we obviously we won't be able to tell until we see more of the uh, the real ones come through. But Apparently, the 2022-23 kit... Uh, is this... Hold on. Aren't we in 22-23? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are 22-23. Isn't it 23-24 that we should be looking... It is. It's definitely... I tell you, I couldn't go one show without making one mistake. So there you go. I'm going to have to change the uh, the headline of the video as well. Definitely 23-24. Anyway, we'll quickly change that as if as if no one even knew that it was uh, a, year, a year in the past that we were doing this. But yes, this is supposed to be the kit for that season. So uh, fingers crossed. Uh, we can stop making mistakes. And uh, Adidas release another nice kit for Arsenal to wear next season. Um, now, Ismail Banassa is said to be the key Arsenal transfer target now. This is according to reports, again, in Italy. Gazette della Sport journalist Carla Laudisa has claimed that Arsenal are among a number of other teams that are interested in Ismail Banassa. We know uh, that Chelsea are said to be one of the other sides. Um, but on his uh, uh, Carlo Pelagatti's YouTube channel, is apparently another Italian uh, journalist. He says, Banassa's contract expires in 2024. His agent was also expiring. And in the end, he chose uh, Enzo Raiola, a new agent. It is said that he wanted to change his agent because he wants a salary higher than the 4.5 million euros that Milan have offered him. Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool have put, in, uh, put him in their sights and his renewal will be an economic battle for Milan. So it said that Premier League teams are now starting to circle because, of course, he's having his contract disputes. A little bit like the Rafael Leal story we talked about yesterday. Um, but I think that, you know, Benassa would or Benassar would be a really interesting signing for Arsenal to make. Now, what does this mean, of course, then for Yuri Tielemans? Yuri Tielemans being linked to Arsenal for quite some time. Hasn't had the best of seasons. Had turned things around before the World Cup. Starting to play a bit better for Leicester. Hasn't had a good World Cup at all for Belgium. Started the first game and then was subsequently dropped for his poor performances and didn't really change things either when he came off the bench. So 
what does this mean? Well, obviously, Arsenal have always been kind of patient around the Tielemans deal. If they felt like they could get this deal done on a free, then that's what they were aiming to do. That was the information that I certainly had, is that they were going to wait through till the summer of 23 uh, to find out whether or not um, they were be able to get their hands on, on Yuri Tielemans. Um, but it doesn't mean that they might then decide to use that time to scout and analyse other targets. And if Benacer is indeed that player... Um, they might instead choose to move for the Algerian international instead of Tielemans, which I think would be, you know, a really good move. I think that Benacer is is absolutely a, a player compatible with what Arsenal are trying to do right now on their left-hand side, number eight spot. I think that he would become arguably a better option than Tielemans based on current form. So both of these options are, you know, they, they are absolutely viable. I think both of them would add quality to the team. And it's good to see that Arsenal are, you know, um, looking to try and extend... The, the depth of the quality in their team, especially in an area like midfield. So either option, I think, would work for Arsenal. But I think a deal for Benacer would almost certainly rule out a potential deal for Yuri Tielemans. So let us know in the comment section and, of course, down below the video as well, who would be your preference of the two between Benacer and Tielemans. That brings an end to part one. We're going to move to part two in your questions right after. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To this. Mm-hmm. It's weird drinking from Andrew, isn't it? It's a bit strange, but uh, <laughs> those that are listening, the Goodly Morning Mug containing both James McNicholas and Andrew from Ask Blog. Um, fantastic scenes. Anyway, let's uh, move to part two then and your questions as well. Oh, before I do, I should talk through today's games, to be fair, in the World Cup because yesterday's, it was a car crash, as we all know. And I've only managed one mistake so far <laughs> in this one. Uh, so today in Group H, South Korea play Portugal, Ghana play Uruguay as things stand in Group H. If uh, if Ghana managed to get a result against Uruguay, they should go through. I think as long as they avoid defeat and South Korea, um, I think, have to win by a ridiculous number of goals uh, against Portugal. Maybe not even a ridiculous number, but I think if Ghana draw against Uruguay, it's gone four points and South Korea win by two, they can, I think, very so slightly still go through in this game. Um but yeah, I can't see that happening. I can't see Ghana. I mean, Ghana are playing Uruguay, aren't they? So if you, Ghana play Uruguay 
and draw. Uh, they're going to be on four points. Korea then playing, South Korea playing Portugal. They'd have to win by a significant number, which is going to be very, very difficult indeed to be able to do. Uh, although Portugal might make some some big changes uh, and rest a lot of players, considering the fact that they know they're already through uh, in this group. So it could cause some big ramifications if indeed we get some interesting results. And then after that, we've got the games from Group G. Brazil playing Cameroon, Switzerland playing Serbia. Lots of uh, lots of narratives in that Switzerland-Serbia game, of course, between some of the players that are there. And uh, what we see there is if Switzerland can avoid defeat uh, in the game against Serbia, uh, they would go through uh, as long as Cameroon don't beat Brazil by at least two goals. If Serbia beats Switzerland, they then again could go through. Uh, they will then have to rely on Cameroon also not beating uh, Brazil by a decent number. It, Brazil are really involved in this uh, and their result against Cameroon will have a big impact on things. So based on what we've seen over the course of the last <laughs> you know, stage three of the group stage, anything can happen. I'm really enjoying it now. I think that, you know, I really struggled to get into this World Cup for the obvious reasons that there are. Um, it felt like a big distraction from Arsenal's season and the controversies that run alongside it as well. But this kind of round three of the group stage games has really kind of, I think, gripped the attention of most and seeing some really interesting scorelines and ramifications as well has definitely brought forward uh, feelings of excitement about where this World Cup could go. Anyway, let's jump into the chat. Uh, let's go scrolling up the chat box a bit, see if I haven't missed anyone initially. Uh, Sasha says, I would be right behind a sponsorless kit. Why are we paying millions to promote a company? Um we're not paying millions. Uh, we get paid millions uh, to promote that company. So Fly Emirates, of course, who have the kit deal with Arsenal. Um, I mean, they've just, uh, Adidas have signed a new uh, deal with the club all the way through, I think, until 2030. Uh, it's something in the region of 400 plus million quid involved in that deal over the course of those eight seasons. It gives Arsenal quite a lot of money, in fact. Uh, the Fly Emirates, I'm not sure how long that deal lasts for, off the top of my head, but they've been obviously the kit sponsor and the stadium sponsor for some time now, since 2006. And Arsenal obviously get benefits of having those sponsors, uh, financial benefits. James says, does anyone uh, think with the struggles of Germany, Italy, Belgium and Spain only just scraping through uh, that there is definitely some question marks around the quality in Europe right now? I think that there is a comparative quality of those teams compared to, say, 10 years ago. You look at the Spain teams of, you know, the ones from 2008 to 2012. You look at Belgium's golden eras kind of come at the same time. And now they're starting to move into a, a next stage of their cycle, which might not be anywhere near as competitive as the one they've just had. Germany, I think, have struggled a bit because they've struggled to see the young players come through. They've not had as many as they did, say, 10 years ago. You look at now Musiala kind of standing out a bit um, on his own, and it's mainly more experienced heads. But I think that Germany, to be honest, just really underperformed. I think their squad is very good. I think they've got great options in their team. And I think actually that Hansi Flick got a few things wrong. I think Fulkrug should have started the game yesterday. I know that they still won. But I think arguably Fulkrug could have come on early against Spain. He's been really good for Werder Bremen this season. Why not use him? Uh, Havertz hasn't had the best of seasons um, you know, for Chelsea. So I, I don't see why they couldn't have played a little bit different in their game. He kind of leaned a lot more on his his knowledge of his Bayern Munich team. I think he started seven-odd players from Bayern in yesterday's game. So I think maybe that's inexperience on Hansi Flick's part at the international level. He was quite inexperienced anyway when he came into the job in terms of leading a team. His, his job at Bayern Munich, you know, he was successful there, but moved very swiftly over to the German national team. So maybe... 
it's him that's more of an issue. There was talk of maybe even him stepping down after this tournament, which I think would be a shame. I think he needs to be capped on and continue through to the next European Championships and then see how that one goes. Um, Matt G says, is Japan beating Spain with only 17% of possession the epitome of what Conte ball is? Uh, no, just watching Spurs, mate, is the epitome of Conte ball because that is it. It is luck. It is awful to watch. Japan's quite entertaining, and I like a few of their players, in particular Mitomo when he came on. I think he should be starting for me. I, I really like this guy. I think he's got real quality. Uh, Morgan says, Tom, do you have a World Cup second team? For me, it's Argentina. Why? Uh, I have RG, uh, Argentinian friends uh, and the walking wizard of Messi. Of course, England is definitely front and centre. Japan is also a shout. Argentina are my second team of the tournament because I've got them in the sweepstake. Uh, I've got Portugal in the Football London sweepstake as well. It's a, it's a double-edged sword that would be great to win some money, but I don't really want to see Ronaldo win the World Cup. So I'd much rather I won the money off the Argentina one. Uh, but if I didn't have either of them, uh, who would I be looking to back in the World Cup, this tournament? Have a look at the teams. Um, I used to really like Croatia, but you know, there's always that Luka Modric factor with them. And now they've got Ivan Perisic who plays the Spurs as well. So that's kind of fallen away. I did have a little bit of a liking for Denmark as well. Um, Mexico, I kind of had a bit of a liking because I like Hervin Lozano. So uh, Mexico are another shout as well. But and, and Canada and the United States, I'm always trying to look at North American. So Mexico, Canada and the United States, you know, I was always trying to see CONCACAF teams and see how they can improve and go through. So it's only the United States, of course, that are going through, which is a shame. But maybe, who knows, they can do a job against the Netherlands. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Paul says, is it wrong to hope all the teams of our players that they're representing at the World Cup get knocked out as soon as possible to get the gang back together for Dubai? Uh, no, it's not. You know, your loyalties lie where you want to lie them. Uh, and, and mine certainly are more so with Arsenal than they are with England. I'm an England fan. I want to see England win the World Cup, of course. But at the same time, you know, if, if it meant that all the Arsenal players came back fit and ready and raring to go for the uh, for the friendlies and then obviously the Premier League restart, I would choose that every single day of the week over, uh, over anything to do with England. So there you go. Um, let's go to uh, Lynn, who says, Tom, would you say that England playing Senegal on Sunday is going to be our toughest test? Uh, yeah, I would, absolutely. And if we don't play a very attacking game, we may not win. It is, they are definitely the hardest team we've faced so far. I think they're better than the United States. They're better than Wales. Uh, and they're better than Iran. Uh, Senegal would be the toughest test we've faced so far. So we're going to have to play a good team to get through. Um, Red Star says, with Juve's troubles and people speaking about potentially signing Vlaovic, uh, <laughs> oh, flash from the past this, there's no way Arteta would even consider him with all his antics last January. There's a better chance of signing Mbappe for $5 million, in my opinion. I wouldn't go that far, Red Star, but... I agree in the sense that I don't think there's many opportunities or the likelihood of signing Blaovic is there. I, I just can't see that happening. Uh, I just, yeah, I think that ship has well and truly sailed, even with the chaos at Juventus. Uh, Terry says, what are your thoughts on Declan Rice's statement? I did uh, listen back to it. I won't be able to remember it word for word, but it was something along the lines of you only, you only have one career and he's with a, you know loads of players in the England camp that are winning trophies and uh, competing at the highest level. It's almost certain, I think, that he will leave, but the West Ham will obviously want to get a big fee for him. Will he join Arsenal? I'd be surprised. Um, I think it will be Chelsea that he goes to, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we've got a donation from Aya. Thank you so much for the kind uh, support. Uh, these transfer rumours of young stars being linked with big teams with crazy fees 
Arsenal just need to beef up their scouting more and rely on some more great, relatively unnoticed signings like Alcaraz. Of course, we've been linked to Carlos Alcaraz at uh, Racing, and uh, I don't know much about him. But I think Arsenal have balanced kind of signings that have improved them that are well-known. Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, Partey, you know. And then other signings that weren't so known about, like Tomiyasu, Gabriel Magalhaes, um, Gabriel Martinelli, you know, players that we didn't know too much about before they joined and they've done really, really well for us. Um, so I think it's a balance. I think you have to find the pedigree and the, the marquee signings that are going to give you a real boost. And then the other signings, of course, that uh, are less known and you find some hidden gems in the rough. I think that's the way to move forwards with this one. Uh, Kabenga says, hi, Tom. I really hope the Adidas deal has clauses that allow for increment based on team success. 60 million annually seems small considering the prospect that the team is showing. Let's have a look. I'm sure I could find the actual amount uh, deal 2030. Adidas deal. How much is it worth? Apparently it is, yeah, 60 million a year. I mean, you have to think that that's just one sponsorship, Gavenga. Like Arsenal have a lot more sponsors. If you go onto the Arsenal website and you scroll to the bottom of the page, um, if you scroll right down, you see all of Arsenal's sponsors. Um because they're on the bottom of the page. So you've got Adidas, Emirates, the Visit Rwanda. Uh, you've got Acronis, Ball, eToro, Football Konami, Pixtery, Prime, Premier League, Ultimate Champions, Stat Sports, Sports Bet, Socios, Cadbury, Camden Town, uh, Brewery. Uh, we've got Extra Marks, Lavazza, Octopus, Therabody. Uh, we've got loads of different sponsors. So, you know, there is a lot of sponsorships. Uh, it's not just that, and it will add up to a significant amount of revenue in total. So uh, it's still a lot. I think it's the most ever spent on an Arsenal kit sponsor. I think it was a record-breaking deal. So I still think it's definitely a positive for the club um, to get that financial backing. And it should help and support us throughout the next few seasons and beyond. Uh, Vero says, hey, Tom, do you think this media image that Arteta has about being a great coach for wingers changes the scope of what range of wingers that we can sign? Potentially, it's impossible to know how much of an impact that will have. But we've heard Jesus and Sterling come out and talk really optimistically and supportively of of Arteta and what he's done from a coaching standpoint. I think the most benefit that we get is just seeing where Arsenal are in the table. Like we're top of the league, we're five points clear going into that January window. We could maintain or even extend that gap. Fingers crossed we can. And you go into that January window with the promise that Arsenal are fighting for titles. And I think that beyond anything else is the most important negotiating tool that Arsenal have going into that January window. Um, <laughs> Tim says, the ball is round. The entire ball needs to cross the entire line for it to be out of bounds. Since the ball is round, the part of the ball that isn't touching the ground is also has to be out of bounds as well. Yes, I think that's why it was kept. I think we've, we've seen images or people are saying that we've seen images saying that um, the kind of the, the curvature crossed over the line ever so slightly. Uh, Matthew says, as an American fan, what would you recommend is the best way to learn more? I've begun watching your stuff every morning, American time, um, but would love any advice uh, in football uh, or in Arsenal? Because it's obviously quite different. If you want to learn more about Arsenal, of course, I would say always to, to tune into your regulars. Arsenal Vision, Arscast, obviously are always fantastic uh, outlets, I would say do more reading. Uh, of course, you can read my stuff over at Football London, uh, but you can read plenty of other sites as well. Charles Watts at Goal, um, of course, produces some great stuff. James Ben, CBS. Uh, Art De Roche at The Athletic with James McNicholas as well. And uh, Amy Lawrence produced some fantastic pieces of work. So do lots of reading, do lots of watching, watch more games. If it's football that you want to get into more, 
I'm always going to back La Liga. You know, Spain has always been the other side of the football footballing world that I've tried to keep track of. So watch more of that. The Spanish Football Podcast is great for that. Uh, John uh, Driscoll and Terry Gibson do a uh, Tell and John podcast on La Liga. It's really good. Um, there's lots of podcasts out there to listen to. Uh, certainly worth getting involved uh, with the athletics stuff. I think some of that stuff is really, really good and in-depth. But I think we're trying to produce some really good stuff as well at Football London uh, as much as we can. So uh, please do tune into our, our pieces. And of course, the work over we do at the Arsenal Way. We produce more Arsenal stuff there as well. And that channel has grown ridiculously in the space of just over a year. I think we're either past or closing on 35,000 subs in the space of a year. Uh, Latte Firm as well. Really good. FK does his really good work. Harry Simeon, of course. Highbury Squad. Uh, if you want some less serious stuff, you can go and watch the Gooners pod with Mike and, and the guys as well. Uh, there's loads of places uh, to watch. Uh, Dan Potts and Lee Judges, of course, always recommend those two because they're good friends of mine. But uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff you can go and watch. Uh, Stadio is another good example of a football podcast to listen to. Uh, I mean, the Arsenal Vision are doing a daily World Cup listen, which I'm listening to. That's very good. Tim and Paul pulling uh, the, uh, the hosting duties quite well as well. And Phil Costa and Lewis Ambrose have been very good throughout that too. So, yeah, there's lots of content out there and certainly worth uh, tuning in for. I think podcasts are the best way to absorb information for me, but that's because I listen to things more than I read. Uh, I do a lot of reading anyway for my work, but if I'm out and about, you know, podcasts, audiobooks, always the way forwards. Anyway, I think that's quite a nice place to end the show. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time as always. Um, do of course drop a like on the video. I really would appreciate it and subscribe to the channel if you're new on our way to 41,000 subs. Uh, so if you could help us out, that'd be fantastic. Uh, continue to set those alarms, tune in 8am every single day. Uh, but other than that, it's been a pleasure and I'll speak to you again very, very soon. Probably. Oh, I should say, cause it is Friday. It's definitely Friday today. Uh, there won't be a show on Sunday, uh, but I am going to pre-record a show today to go out tomorrow morning as a premiere. So it will appear live but it won't be live. Um, it'll be one of those, like, you know, remember when I was doing it on my honeymoon, it was that type of scenario. I'm recording a show with Harry Simeon a little bit later on today that's going to go out tomorrow morning. So we won't be talking about the World Cup. It will just be on Arsenal transfers and a lot of players that we've been linked to. So it's going to be a heavy Arsenal transfer show special tomorrow morning uh, with Harry Simeon. That'll be pre-recorded because I'm away this weekend, uh, taking a bit of a weekend off from things. But I didn't want to leave you with two days without any content. So it's just going to be one day. Uh, so make sure you do tune in tomorrow morning at 8am again for that. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'll see you live on Monday, but I'll see you tomorrow morning with a pre-recorded show with Harry, as I say, then. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.